0: The Mishnah continues to discuss the question of purchasing different batches of food from different people and tithing one on behalf of the other. The previous Mishnah already had lapsed into the topic of Tevel, certainly untithed food, as opposed to Demai, food purchased from Amaretz, which is a questionable tithing requirement. Here we continue with the topic of Tevel, certainly untithed food, and the question of if Although it said in the previous mission, you could tie the one batch of tevel on behalf of another batch. The question here becomes: What about if the batches come from different people of different religions in Israel, if you will? So the mission here says, "Ma'aser Michel Yisrael al shal First of all, the mission says if you purchase two batches of produce, let's say two barrels of wheat, one barrel came from a Yisrael, a Jew, and one barrel came from a nahri a non-Jew, but of course grown near Yisrael. So the Mishnah here says that one may tithe one batch of wheat on behalf of the other, doesn't matter which. They're equal tithing obligation. This, of course, assumes that when a non-Jew owns land in Eretz Yisrael, that doesn't exempt his produce from, the produce that grows in the land that he owns, from being tithed. Um, that is actually a, a topic of mehlukas amongst the Tanaim. Rabbi Meir, who's the author of our Mishnah, holds that. He holds there is no, just because a non-Jew owns land in Israel doesn't exempt it from the tithing obligations. Um That's Reb Meir Shita. However, the other Shita is Yehudim, Reb and Reb Shimon, who holds um, that that if a non-Jew owns land in Israel, that exempts that land, uh, the produce from that land, from uh, being tithed. And therefore, the halacha doesn't follow our Mishnah, Reb Meir, the halacha follows Reb Shimon or Yehuda. Therefore, our Mishnah is not the halacha, but notwithstanding that, according to Reb Meir, the author of our Mishnah, a non-Jew who owns land in Israel, the produce that grows on his property, is fully obligated in tithing, just as if it had grown in Jewish-owned land, and therefore the Mishnah says, Ma'asr Mishel Yisrael, Al Nahri, you can tithe from Jewish produce for produce purchased from a non-Jew, and similarly, Michel Nochri, Al Shal Yisrael, and same goes all the way also. You could take from the non Jewish sourced produce on behalf of the Jewish sourced produce. Michel Yisrael, Al Shal Kusim, Michel Kusim, Al Shal Kusim. And also, just as you can treat a Jew and non Jews' produce in Israel equally, you can treat the produce grown by a Kusi like a Jew. Now, a Kusi in English is a Samaritan. The Kusim, the Samaritans, were brought into Eretz Israel in the time of Bais Risho, in the first temple period, in the wake of the exile of the ten, what we call, lost tribes. So the land was empty, and um, Assyria exiled them. So Assyria brought in other peoples, um, the Kusim, um, to populate the lands in, in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, the story, you can see more detail there in uh, Malachim Base. that's uh, Kings 2, Parachid Zion, chapter 17. So these Kusim Samaritans came in. They were from a place called called Kusa in southern Iraq today. And um, hence Kusim. um, They're called English Samaritans because they lived um, in Samaria. In any case, um, they originally were idolatrous. However, at that time, I'm talking 3,000 years ago, in the time of Bias Rishon, there were lions, wild lions in Israel. And the lions were attacking the the Kusim, and the Kusim reasoned it must be because the local gods are unhappy with their idolatrous behavior, and they opted to convert to local religion, meaning to Judaism. So the Kusim then became converts, but sort of derogatorily referred to by the rabbis as lion converts, because they converted only because of the lions, not because of the truth of the Torah, and therefore it was always sort of dubious whether their conversion was legitimate or not. You see here, in our Mishnah, we're assuming that, it actually is unclear, but our Mishnah and many other Mishnahists hold that at least in the time of the Mishnah, we assume that their conversion was totally legitimate, and they're Jews. And um, The problem is that the Jewish observance of the Kusum was also um, less what to be desired. It seems they took the written Torah seriously, but the oral Torah and the drush of the rabbi. Not seriously. And that being the case, um, they were careful to tithe their own produce because the Torah mandates it, but they didn't have any inhibition of selling produce to other purchasers without it being tithed. It was sort of buyer beware, and the purchaser had the burden of tithing the produce, not the seller. That being the case, when you're buying produce from a kusi, the mission is assuming the kusi is like a Jew. But notwithstanding, his produce is assumed certainly not tithed, according to Tanakama, because the kusim, as a matter of course, did not tithe their food. And therefore, you could purchase one batch of tevel from a Jew and a second batch of tevel from a kusi and safely assume that both batches have not been tithed, and therefore you could tithe one on behalf of the other. That's what mission says here, Mishah Yisrael, Kusim. You can tithe Jewish produce on behalf of Kusi produce and Michel Kusim, Al Shal Kusim, and similarly, if you buy from two different Kusi Samaritan farmers, you can safely assume that both of them sold you untied produce, and that being the case, yeah, you can uh, you can tithe one on behalf of the other. Now, you recall I said that the Kusim were careful to tithe food for themselves before eating it themselves because they held, like the Torah said, that it must be tithed. Um, So. The Tanah to now had assumed that they just would do what makes economic sense for them and only sell untied produce because, watch, they lose money on tithing it. Let the purchaser do the tithing. However, Eliezer oser michel kusim kusim. Eliezer forbids tithing one batch of kusy produce on another batch of kusy produce. His concern is that one of the two kusim may have um, originally intended to eat this food himself and therefore tithed it and there, then later changed his mind. And that, that being the case, it ends up that Midoraisa, one batch was tithed and one batch had not been tithed. And therefore, the Ezra holds, one can't assume that two separate kusims sold produce have equal obligations. Now, as a matter of Halakha Lamaisa, after the Mishra was written in the time of the Gemara, it was discovered that the, the Samaritans on Har Haragrizim uh, had an idolatrous uh, temple there where they worshipped like a statue in the shape of a dove. And at that point, they were decreed to be idolatrous for all intents and purposes. And that being the case, the Kusan have become not like Jews, but by non-Jews, certainly non-Jews. Um, but that's after the time of the, the Mishnah. Um, as a matter of interest, the Samaritans still existed in Eretz Israel. There are about 800 of them in total. Um, two communities, one, um, in, uh, in the West Bank and one in Chalon, each about 400 people, and they have their own religious status in uh, in Israeli law, they're even, they're even, according to them, they're the true Jews, um, and as opposed to the us, the Jews, who brought back something corrupted, according to them, when they came back from Bavel, um, at the end of the, uh, between Ba'es and Ba'es Shani, um, at the end of the first exile. Um, in any case, so, therefore, the halacha doesn't, doesn't kick in here at all, because Kusim are, are non-Jews, but be it as it may, our mission is altogether not la halacha, as I said before, because Jew, according to halacha, a non-Jew who owns land in Eretz Israel, the protest is exempt from Minotaur, whereas a Jew who owns land in Eretz Israel, of um, course, of course, the protus is obligated in, uh, in timing.